prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I am the, let's see, I am the Divine Dragon Chops, and with me, as, as always, is the God of Destruction, Craig WK. It's wonderful to be on this episode with you, Chops. Thank you. It's it's weird when two beings so diametrically opposed come together uh, to create something. It's it's quite a quite an experience, unlike anything else. Maybe even as as an awesome because that word is used very frequently. But I mean this in the actual sense of awesome, uh, as it's awing, awe-inspiring? awe inspiring. Awe inspiring. Yeah like the uh like the big bang this is this is the equivalent of of that uh yes it it is uh it is certainly not us talking about an average rpg on the playstation (laughs) if if i didn't get people's hopes up so high i don't know what i did but that's that was the point is that i wanted to set you up so we could knock you down because today we're talking about an a unnecessary favorite of mine <laughs> the the legend of dragoon for the playstation one yeah so it was developed by sony themselves for the ps1 like you mentioned and it was released on june 13th of 2000 this turn-based jrpg depicts the exploits of the warrior dart who must rescue his childhood friend and set off on an adventure in a medieval fantasy world to confront the black monster so this is it was released in june so we're we're about halfway through the new millennia and this is this is one of the first jrpgs i'm going to say that as a blanket statement and i have no idea what other jrpgs came out before in the year 2000 uh that came out in the new millennia the dawn of 2000 we had just survived y2k (laughs) and our our hope our eyes filled with light were staring out and in this gem of a game came forth and brought us you know 40 to 50 hour gameplay of a mediocre rpg <laughs> so uh what what's crazy to me is i always think of legend of dragoon as like an early uh playstation rpg yeah it's not. It came out around the time like FF8 came out. FF7 had been out. It, this is a game that like came out and not too long after was the PlayStation 2. Yeah, PS2 came out in what? Uh 2002? Uh I think 2001. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, look it up. I don't want to <laughs> lie. No, no, it came out in October of 2000. <laughs> Came out five months, or what, four months later. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you know, when it, sometimes when I look back on the past, I think, yeah, yeah, the PlayStation 2, I played that all the time in like 2003. And then I think, oh, wait, that came out a little sooner than that, didn't it? 2000? 2000. And 20, so 21 years ago. 
<laughs> the game came out, which is also st- stupid. It's a stupid number because that's ridiculous 21 years ago. But yeah, this game came out just before the PlayStation 2 was released on October 26th in North America. And I, I, uh, I feel bad for this game in in a in a couple ways, uh-huh. and we'll get into details on the story and the plot and the gameplay and all that stuff. But but I just want to set the scene and on why I feel bad for this game, why I like it so much, mm-hmm. and why I don't think many people really think of this game as what it actually is. And and so, two thousand. This game has probably been in development. We'll say a two years maybe a year uh i I don't remember i think game development cycles are probably a lot shorter in that era well i think Uh, especially rpgs because they were just spitting them out like candy well here's the thing Uh, legend of dragoon did have a pretty decently long uh development time compared to other games yeah uh because it was in development when ff7 was in development no yep really Uh uh-huh Okay, well, so then I guess that's why this feels like an FF7 game. So I think mm-hmm. what it does is it, it unfortunately cap, captured the era of technology in video games. Yep. It, and, and it's this weird 90s, 2000s trope of like angsty, young, blonde haired, dumb protagonists who who like – the only thing going for them is that they somehow have a fate that is outside of their control. Yep. <laughs> Other than that, I, they would not be pleasant to see in a movie theater. Uh-huh. They would not be pleasant to go on a date with. <laughs> no. They would not be pleasant to be related to. Uh, yeah, here's the thing is if I uh, uh, l- let's say I swiped right on Dart. Yeah. And I yeah. went on a date with him. I would be so disappointed. I'd be like, oh, he's attractive. All right, let's he's give it a shot. And he'd just be like, uh, uh, uh. And it'd be like, this is as bad as that date I had with that Cloud Strife fellow. <laughs> right. And so not only does the game suffer visually, I think the, in this era, it was um, how do we represent 3D worlds, but without detail because yeah. they couldn't afford the memory. And it's one of those games that suffers that. And, it, and along with the angsty characters, it, it suffers at terrible writing, and and I think from all levels, and, and I guess from the scope of the story of the game, it's pretty cliche. But I like the story of the game. Yeah. But the characters, their writing is terrible. What they do to each other is the like is awful. <laughs> like so much sexism in this game, um, and so like in the lens of its era, it was I think a perfect snapshot of what was selling uh-huh. but as it's aged it is terrible in its in its scope of of, of what it kind of speaks to in, in the world of, that it was released in well the one of the interesting things to note is much like final fantasy 7 which is going to be something that we spit out a lot in this episode i mm-hmm. uh, it suffered more like i don't get me wrong it, yes its story is not fantastic it's it's you know it's pretty tropey it borrows a lot from other jrpgs of this time and others from the past but the biggest thing that it has going against it when it comes to its story is less its story and much like the original release of final fantasy 7 and more its localization Mm. 
it, uh, it, you know, and once again, you know, I'm not going to sit here and defend the story as like Pulitzer Prize winning or anything. No. Uh, but the one of the biggest problems I noticed from researching this game is that it just had a bad localization. The translation was not that great. It doesn't flow very well. And the other big thing is that, you know, like other PlayStation games of its time, they tried to shoehorn in voice acting. And, oh, Lord, that voice acting is horrendous. The voice acting is awful. But like even with the localization of it, the depiction of some of the characters in the game are just bad. Mm-hmm. The character of Herschel, um, he's just like a creepy old dude, yeah. just a real slime ball kind of feeling. And even yeah. Dart, like this weird relationship between Dart and Shayna, where he looks at her like a little sister, but she like sexualizes her interest in him. And it's like this weird like conflict of like, is he regret like like repressing his emotions towards her or is he really just being a weirdo and like patting her on the head like a little dot like a little sister but then the story likes to insinuate that they're in love like i I, it's a weird mix yeah that's odd i uh i feel like uh I feel like that's the kind of writing of a relationship you get from somebody like in middle school or high school yeah Right, exactly. Or or someone who's never dated anybody ever in their life. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's all I, I feel like the the writers of the game in their head were like, okay, this is how we're gonna pad out this relationship and cause the, the drama is we're gonna make it so that like this relationship is like, you know, gonna spread throughout some of this game, you know? And the the writers were like, Well, what should we do? Should we have them like argue and fight? And they're like, no, 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 we'll just make them like uh, infantilize. Uh, Is that what I'm looking for? Uh, Yeah. uh, You know, this girl. And then, you know, eventually he'll be like, oh, wait, she's not a little girl. She has a body I'm attracted to. And it's like, (laughs) uh, uh, oh, it's kind of weird. And also, they say a lot of sexist stuff in this game, and it's, it's bad. But, um, for me, I, 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 pl- I feel like I played this when it came out. Again, we just talked about how the PlayStation 2 came out in 2000, and I don't think either of us remember anything about playing it in 2000. Um, well, so I, I, I own this game on the PlayStation, and I feel like I played it on the PlayStation. Uh, I will say I, uh, uh, I did rent this and play it on the uh, – oh, actually, I might have rented it and played it on the PlayStation 2. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I might have, uh, but I do remember renting it. And at the time, even I was getting so burned out on angsty protagonists in RPGs. You know, you had Cloud, you had uh, uh, Squall, you know, you had so many RPG protagonists at that era who were, you know, just like rude for the sake of being rude because they were like oh i'm too cool to to be friends with anyone for no reason to be edgy that's that's what it was and and that's kind of like the grunge scene i think was was, that was popular you know that alternative scene where Mm -hmm. it, it was edgy it was confrontational um you know i don't want to say exactly like down with the system but like it was that kind of 
mentality where like we're cool because we don't fall in line or we speak our mind, which yeah. in today's day is the probably the most annoying thing about social media is <laughs> <laughs> people speaking their mind and when we don't want them to. But when it's mm-hmm. in an RPG and, and it's like we've had like really good story of RPGs leading up to this, mm-hmm. some some heavy hitters. Like you kind of want either that same uh, – I feel like as a consumer or as a game maker, sorry, they, they probably want to be like, yo, we want to be like this company because this is successful. But like the more of the same thing, the less that it seems special. Uh-huh. You know? And, and I feel like this game suffers from late release, trying to be something that everything else was, and capture, capturing the essence of the time it was actually released yeah, I uh, and I don't know 100% if this is true, but I wouldn't be surprised in the least if they started developing this RPG, FF7 came out in the midst of this, and then FF7, like, blew the doors off the console and, like, became, like, one of the biggest PlayStation games ever and was a role-playing game and a phenomenon in the West, even, mm-hmm. which was unheard of at that time. I would wager that the developers of this game... We're like, okay, yeah, we're doing that. Why shouldn't we have all that money? Right, a hard pivot, and and mm-hmm. and this is this is Japan Studios. This is Sony Studio. Yep. The I don't remember what else they released leading up to this. Do you know? Uh I mean, not I don't not many RPGs or anything. Right. Uh, I I don't think so. I could be crazy, but I I don't believe they had a lot of games that came out. Uh, around that time well let's see so if, if if 1994 to 98 beyond the beyond in 1995 oh games, oh no arc the lad 2 which was pretty good Arc the lad series is pretty neat uh grand stream saga 97 alundra 97 and then legend of lagaya in 1998 now is that the uh the developers or was that the uh publishers this is uh japan studio the video game developer okay uh that's interesting because i know that uh at least some of those games had other companies that worked with it um yeah probably i Uh, mean so it's a it's a stone it's a sony studio so i'm sure they probably hired out and mm -hmm. had people work for them since you know sony was mostly electronic based it's interesting because uh uh like Legend of Lagaya is an RPG that once again is is kind of mediocre, but has like a an interesting kind of combat system to it. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's one of the draws, I think, of Legend of Dragoon. So let's talk a little bit about the uh the gameplay side of uh Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, so do you want me to get into it or you want to Oh go sure, ahead? go ahead and start. So you, it's your it's so I'm going to use it as a, again, like we said, this the basis of Final Fantasy seven, same kind of overworld like it's a 3D. I think it's considered like over the shoulder or three force perspective view where everything's kind of at a slight angle for the characters as they move. Yeah, the all the like backgrounds are like all the environments you interact with are like essentially the background. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you have your. 
it's like layers. So you have like your level floor layer, you have your uh, background layer, you have your structure layer, which are like buildings and things on top of the floor layer, and then they have like items that they put on top of the floor as well for you to interact with and, and different kinds of mechanics for like moving elevators and things. And I feel like the, the downfall of that is like at a quick glance, it's like, oh, that looks pretty cool. But like interacting with those kind of environments is it was a pain in FF7, and it's a pain in Legend of Dragoon. And it lets you down, and it's hard to not look at these games without the lens of current-day RPGs where everything is interactable or everything is at least explorable. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that like there's a building in the distance and it's that, that same developing style of, oh, well, you can't go in it. There's like a broken door barrier in front of it so uh-huh. you can't you can't go in there and there's no jumping in the game because that would have broken everything uh-huh. like, you know so like you have a lot of of i would say environmental pieces buildings paths or trees or whatever that you can't even interact with like there's a forest in here where you have the main path of the forest everything around it is a stationary background the trees the vines you can't really interact with those until specific points uh, that you are supposed to interact with that mm-hmm. drive story. And so you have that typical overworld view. And then in a battle, which it's random battles, just like, you know, the RPGs before it, uh-huh. uh, you have a turn-based combat system with like your limit, I'm going to say limit bar, but it's not really a limit bar. Your, your, your ATB gauge, I'm sorry. Yeah. Your, uh, time gauge and then your attacks are what are they called craig uh, it's uh, like time tits they're, they're time tits but they're called something specific what, what am i i'm pulling it up right now I oh in the game aren't they like combos or something like that oh man i'm i'm blanking on it uh, arts maybe oh then no. that might be it maybe uh anyways yeah basically they're 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 almost like skills that each character can learn as they level up. And each one has a different button combination that, that goes with it. And it's not necessarily like they list out the buttons. They list out how many button like button presses you have. And the more complicated ones get you more um, points, which build your Dragoon gauge up when you can turn into a Dragoon later on and, you, and you're able to do that. Um, did you find out the name of it? Uh, oh no, I I'm not oh, sure. I were looking up. Sorry. No, uh, I I uh, I will say I uh, I I think that it's a a nice wrinkle on RPG combat, like things like timed hits. Uh, yes. You know, because like Mario RPG does it, Paper Mario, uh, the uh, Mother Three did it. You know, but the thing is, is I have no rhythm, <laughs> and so well, uh, I'm terrible at these. It's and it's not even that like the it's it's not all on you, Craig. Oh, they're called additions. I'm sorry. Why are they called? It's not all ah, additions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not. It's not all on you though, because like it suffers from a weird delay. Anything with like a moving target in a, in these three dimensional games in the in the PlayStation era uh-huh. aren't precise. Yeah, I, I felt like if you've played a Tekken game in this era. You could feel like that you're you press buttons and like minutes later it does what you want it to do. At least that's how my perception was. Same thing with like Virtua Fighter when it first came out. 
I will say uh, I have read online that that's one of the complaints of Legend of Dragoon is you have to sort of get used to the timing of its battle system rather than like something like Mario RPG where it's very intuitive, the timing of it. Right, exactly. And so um, it's got unique combat in in that respect. It's also got this Dragoon feature, which is, is somewhat of like a transformation style in in many games where Mm -hmm. you basically turn into a more powerful version of yourself it's a limited time frame so you have different levels you build for your dragoon stages so that you can um sustain them longer and then you get different attacks and spells within in that form and each dragoon spirit that you find in the game is tailored mostly to an element so darts is fire uh rose is darkness um Herschel's is purple, which is lightning, apparently. Um, Shayna is white, which is light, and so on and so forth. Um, and which is cool. Like, like it's almost and, and I, I don't know if you're drawn to these type of things, but I love me a good Power Rangers. A Super <laughs> Sentai. And this is like Super Sentai medieval. Um, because it's like a ragtag group of people collecting stones and make them transform and give them superpowers. They're color coded. They have themes based on their colors. Like this is the main reason why I like this game is because I was super into power Rangers, Voltron, uh, anything that had like color combination powers. That's what I was into. It's uh, uh, incredibly funny. You say that because like I, I was doing research for this game and I, uh, there was something about it, you know, the the color coding and the fancy armors and like the transformations. I was like, there's something about this that like doesn't appeal to me, but I understand how it would appeal to someone else. And so it's funny that like it comes once again down to the fact that you were into Power Rangers as a kid and it just didn't do it for me. Right, exactly. Uh, I, 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 I gotta say that there's a few kind of weird quirks with the game that I wanted to point out. Oh, oh, like good quirks, right? Uh, so there's the encounter tag thing where like the little uh, uh indicator above your character's head changes color, and if it hits red, an enemy is there, and you have to fight. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no way to control that. Whether you go walking or running, it's still going to go off at the same amount of time. So why is that even a thing? Yep, yep, hundred percent. I. Also, from what I understand in the research of this game, which uh, uh, it's both a positive and a negative. So the game doesn't really require grinding. Because because of the fact that random enemies give you so few experience that you might as well just go and fight every boss in the game to get all your levels and never bother to do grinding. Right. But there's a ton of random battles. Yeah, the game's really hard in that respect. I it's it's it's, it's and it's not rewarding to grind. Like a grinding to in Final Fantasy 7 was rewarding. Mm-hmm. Grinding in Breath of Fire 3 was rewarding. Yeah. Not not in this game. Even for money, money is like scarce. Uh-huh. So I, uh, yeah, I, I just, I can't figure out like what possessed the game testers to like decide that this was balanced. Like 
why not just like run from every fight and then fight the bosses and just blitz through the game? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I again, it's this. The, I don't know if they felt like it was too easy and they just like crank the difficulty before release and this is what happened. But um, well, I almost also don't even think about the random battles when I rem- when I remember this game. Uh-huh. I only think about like your mini boss and your boss encounters. Now, I will say that uh, uh, this is certainly at like, you know, around the time when uh, game rentals were still a thing. Uh, certainly, I think they were going down in the early 2000s. But, uh, uh, you know, they likely did. They probably looked at it and they were like, hey, pump up that random battle encounter rate because we need to like get the, the rental market, you know, co- covered. Yeah, probably. Uh, the uh, other thing that's interesting to me is one of the complaints of Earthbound is that the item management is can be a headache. There, there's a lot of uh, 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 problems for people with Earthbound yep. uh, due to the fact that, you know, you have a limited inventory. And, you know, by the time that, you know, RPGs were coming out in 2000, they should have had that fixed by now, right? So that you have an unlimited inventory. Yeah, you know, Craig, you, you'd think. You'd think. <laughs> You can't you think, think that the 99 high potions in FF7 would be the new thing for RPGs going forward. And the thing that blows my mind the most is that there's not really a magic system in this game. Magic stat is tied to items you use that take up your inventory. Yeah, so it's like extremely limited inventory. Like by extreme, I mean like I think you can only hold like ten, or 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 like twenty of each item, uh, for, and then you can only hold a certain amount of different items. Yeah, it, it's like I think it's like thirty something items, but the issue is the fact that like your inventory fills up by the end of the game with like really important items, and so you only have a limited set by the end that like you could use for things like that. Right, because because one of the cool things is, it, it ha- along with the timed attacks, magic items at damage dealt had a thing where you mash the button as fast as you can, and it charges it, which I thought was a pretty cool concept because um, it, it gets you a little bit more invested and involved in the gameplay of it physically. Well, it's um, like the timed attacks. Yeah, it, it's something to yeah. do for the magic-y item users. Right. But it's, one, exhausting, and, and eventually you just stop using magic items because you're like, I don't I don't want to <laughs> press the triangle button like over and over again and hurt my wrist. And then you're like, I don't even want to keep these items in my inventory because I can only hold healing items, and that's all I really want. Yeah. The uh, the other thing to touch on, and we'll likely start getting into spoiler territory at this point. So, you know, warnings for for some of the listeners. Uh, I wanted to chat a little bit about the Dragoon powers themselves yeah. uh, and the title namesake. Uh, OK, uh, Chops, do you know what a Dragoon is? Uh, isn't a Dragoon a knight, like a Dragon Knight? No, a in Final Fantasy, it's a dragon knight. It's a it's a knight with like dragony stuff on and jumps for some reason. A uh, dragoon in real life was mounted cavalry. 
Mounted cavalry. Okay. Yeah, that that was it. It's so it's so interesting to me that the the East Japan took that and they were like, oh, that name sounds cool, and they made like a dragon knight that jumps around, and then the creators of Legend of Dragoon were like, oh, you think that's cool? Well, we have an entire group of people that are dragon knight Power Rangers. What do you say about that? And it's like. This, they're not mounted. There's no cavalry here. What is happening? Things escalated here. Who do we talk to? This is completely different than what I was led to believe in this game. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's um, it's a cool concept. Like, it didn't, they didn't have to be called Legend of Dragoons. Like, they didn't have to be called Dragoons at all. Legend of the Dragon Knights? I mean, it could have been, it could have been that. It could have just been, I don't know, something, something else cool. <laughs> The Spirit Stone Saga or something. I don't know. Um, whatever the typical naming conventions were at the time for role-playing games. Uh, but what, what else? Is there something else you wanted to go talk about specifically about Dragoons? Yeah. Uh, I I felt like there was some interesting parallels between uh, uh, Legend of Dragoon and Breath of Fire 3. Or Breath of Fire 4 or any of the Breath of Fires, really. Right. Uh, when you go into Dragoon mode, you can't use items. Yep. You can't run away. And you yep. can't even guard. Yep. Uh, it's like guarding heals you. Oh, okay. I uh, but I uh, uh they last for a limited time and they give you like a big boost on your stats and powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the dragon transformations in the Breath of Fire series. It's it's similar for sure. I mean, it's a little bit more specific to each person, and it's sure. not like there's not like that combination variety you got. Mm-hmm. But there is this thing where in the game, um, if if all three of your party members have dragoon uh, like transformation available. You can do like a quick transformation, which transforms all of them at once. Oh. And but it but it like uh, it, I forgot exactly what it does, but basically on the character that you choose to do that with, yeah, it makes them like the the focus of the transformation, which like changes some of the mechanics a little bit. I can't remember oh. the exact specifics of it. Weird. Yeah. I. The, uh, the 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 final big thing that I wanted to to bring up to you is uh, I have heard some people, okay, on occasion, uh-huh. mention that uh, Dart is a budget cloud strife, uh huh, and I have a few things that I'd like to bring up to you that are fairly spoiler heavy. Yes. So Dart meets up with his childhood friend and he's kind of a D bag to her. Yep. Uh, he hasn't seen his childhood friend in some years, but mm-hmm. somehow he's still kind of a jerk to her. His hometown was destroyed in a fire to a powerful shadowy figure. Yep. He has a silver haired rival with a long sword. Yep. That silver haired rival then kills one of the main characters. Yep. And then dart has to go on a quest to hunt that guy down. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the uh, the the finale of the game is Dart and his allies have to uh, battle against a you know a being that has essentially obtained like godhood. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say if I was going to the dollar store and I wanted a Cloud Strife, I would find Dart. I I am going to disagree with you on it. Really? I, I am. 
uh, having played, so one of our Discord members, Escaped Soul, last year, uh, two years ago, no, was it, I don't know, a while ago, when we, PlayStation Classic came out when I first got it, uh-huh. him and I started a playthrough of Legend of Dragoon. And he was playing on the Vita or, or PSP. I was playing on the Classic. And I, I was getting back into it. I was playing the game again. Yeah. I haven't beaten it as a, as a kid. And then he his save file got corrupted and he couldn't play anymore. And oh. I was like, well, I don't want to continue without him. So I stopped playing. Later than into last year, I recently replayed all of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. I beat the game. You know this. I beat the game. Yeah. In like obliterated it. Like uh-huh. to, to like uh, beat everything in that game. And it was the first time I ever beat the game legit and beat everything in it and got all the summons and got like all the all materials or whatever the mega materials whatever they're called. And having now remembered the storyline of Cloud. Having beaten Final Fantasy VII, uh-huh. I like him less than Dart. I, and because, don't be wrong. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I say that Dart is a budget Cloud Strife is that Cloud Strife came first. Exactly. I, I would exactly. certainly, I certainly would not say that Cloud Strife is a better character because honestly, and we kind of touched on this in our Final Fantasy VII episode. I. Uh, Cloud Strife is kind of a jerk and he's not a very great character. No, and he's also like you find out later he was like a dud. Uh-huh. He was a failure. And then he couldn't cope with like being a failure. And so like made up all this stuff and like eventually his his made up memories became his real memories. Whereas like in Dart's case, yes, he's an angsty piece of 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 crap uh uh, to to this girl that he that he unquote unquote likes and yes there's this silver-haired guy that he kind of fights against but there's this rich development and i and i and i bring this up only because uh it's it's a trope that i like yet it's not always played off the best where there's a there's an occurrence with his father and some whole backstory with his dad and the black monster that was in there and how his dad is involved uh, with the same spirit dragoon as him. And, and there's like a little bit more depth to it. And there's like a possession of plot part of it too. Um, to where like, it felt a little bit more that his character had weight an actual like story mm-hmm. versus cloud, which was like a device for Sephiroth to look cool. That's fair. That's very fair. And I will say that uh, the plot of legend of Dragoon is a little convoluted, uh, especially yes. towards the end. <laughs> it's a little convoluted, man. I'm being <sighs> nice. The, the relationship cloud has with like Rose and then Rose with Herschel and then Cloud's dad or I'm oh, sorry Dart's Dart. dad Dart, yeah I got it mixed up Dart's dad Shayna uh, uh, Lavitz and the King and like there's a lot going on there is and uh, and I will say that uh, uh, despite the fact that Dart is budget Cloud Strife because he came after uh, yes. I certainly don't think that cloud is like some immensely great character and dart is just like trying to pick up the crumbs that have been left behind. It's just the fact that they have a lot of similarities and they 
Yeah. Let's face it. Legend of Dragoon was to be Sony's big flagship. Hey, we can do RPGs too. But then Legend of Dragoon 2 got canceled and it just got swept away. And, you know, it did. And and like I've said in the past, I'd love this game to be remade. But like, I love this game to be like extremely remade. like like change the character like attitudes up, like you rewrite the whole dialogue like it, there'd be extensive work. It'd practically be a brand new game. I uh, now I uh, chops. I uh, we we've talked about Legend of Dragoon for quite a bit. Uh, before we dive into the music or anything, uh, was there anything else in particular that you wanted to cover? So th- there is a speed run. There is some speed run categories for this. Uh-huh. Uh, believe it or not. <laughs> Oh, I um, believe it. It's a cult classic, so got to have some fa- uh, hardcore fans. Yeah, but after I tell you these speedrun times, like again, these are those types of speedruns where I'm like, why even, why even speedrun this? Uh huh. There, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six. There's supposedly seven categories. Uh. One of them is empty, so I don't even know what that one category. Is. Or two, three of them are empty. Now that I look at this, uh. um. But but the any percent category, okay, uh, meaning beat the game in any sort of way as quick as you can, has two modes: legit and turbo. What? There's a mode where it allows you to use a turbo controller because then you could just use those da- darn uh, uh, magical items and, and just hold the turbo button, and they'll get super powered up. Huh. So the turbo mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, first place is 10 hours and 47 minutes, 10 seconds. Wow. Granted, that's fast for a role playing game. Sure. But again, like, I'm not sitting 10 hours to speed run a game. I'm no. sorry. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. But the funny part, and that's by uh, Death Tome. Um, the funny part is it's 10 hours and 47 minutes for turbo. It's 10 hours and 31 minutes for, for non turbo. What? It's faster. it's faster to not play turbo. What? What? Then why I don't is... know why. You know what? I, I don't know. Why. I, I just, I don't even care. I, I, I could do the research. I could watch both those playthroughs. But uh, Legend of, no, of Dragoon. No, no, you can't. No, you can't, Craig. All right. Yeah, that's you fair. Would, I can't. You, you physically can't. You would You would gouge your eyes out first. Oh, all those polygons would stab my eyes before anything else. Oh, oh, well, I think uh, the the thing that would get me the most first would just be the the, the fact that they, they name every every attack, you know, when they go to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. That that's the part that drives me crazy when I play it. Is it's like uh, uh, Buster Slash or something like whatever something stupid or like when Dart turns into a dragoon, it's like flame shot and it's like echoes. Oh in this God. Weird thing. Like those those would be the things that would drive me crazy if I were to try to speedrun this. I, uh, I it, it's and I'm sure for the super fans of the game, there there's a certain charm to the bad voice acting, but like. I love Grandia, uh, Grandia 1, that has really bad voice acting. And I kind of get a kick out of the bad voice acting sometimes just because it's so, so inept. Yeah, when, but, it, when it's over the top bad, it's great. 
But the thing is, is you can only listen to those repeated lines in battle over and over before you're finally just like, mute, nope, don't care. Yeah, and then you don't even listen to the music at that point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's my last bit on this game. Granted, again, we're gonna get into the music. Um, we're not gonna force you to listen to them attack. Uh, no, I I was I was tempted to like put on a like a, a sound effects clip of like all the voice acting just to like, force mm-hmm. the listeners to hear it too. But I thought, nah, nah, we won't do that to them. I, uh, but chops, let's go ahead. We'll take a brief pause, hear a word from one of our partners, and then get into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history, and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there. And it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle. And it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now Ooh, boom, so chops i so craig that's this. so craig <laughs> so the music was composed for legend of dragoon by two people just De- two just two uh which might explain a few things uh yep. <laughs> dennis martin mm-hmm. and takeo miratsu uh dennis martin uh has uh been uh, to this day, is composing uh, uh, the music for a Japanese horror show called Rasen. Uh, like, like, like show as in like a anime television show? No, live action horror show. Oh, okay, interesting. But right, uh, Miratsu uh, has uh, helped compose for Beat Mania, uh, and he also worked on uh, the Jumping Flash series. Oh, okay. Uh, now, sadly, Takeo Miratsu uh, passed away in 2006 at 46 years old due to liver cancer. Oh. Which is depressing. Uh, because I do really enjoy uh, the music in Jumping Flash. Uh, I think that it's really charming stuff. Uh, I've never played it. Uh, it's on your PlayStation Classic. It's like yep. one of the first 3D games ever. Hmm. Definitely worth a playthrough. It's more fun than you think it would be for se- being so dated. Okay. I'll, I'll, I might have to check it out. Yeah. Give it a shot sometime. Uh, I, I ain't going to say that it's like a phenomenal piece of engineering or anything, but but for what it is and how like you know old it is, a super early PlayStation game, one of the first, uh, it's definitely uh, uh, worth playing. Uh, but the music in this game does kind of feel like it's composed by two people who never met and were never in the same room together. <laughs> and you know what's funny? What? The two computer, compu- uh, composers have never met and uh, had, you know, never been in the same room together. Seriously? Seriously. Apparently, they wanted Dennis Martin to do this game because they wanted like a little bit of a different flair than the normal JRPG stuff of the time. And he was a little inexperienced because he had never done video game music before. This is his only video game to the best of my knowledge. And so it just, you know, they like, he just kind of, I don't know if it was, that was, he was dragging his feet or if he was just not able to produce fast enough, but they finally brought in, uh, you know, the other guy and, you know, to speed it along. And that's why you have some kind of, uh, tonal clashes. Tonal is a nice word for that. Tonal clashes. That's Uh a nice word. I'd say uh, I'd say genre mixing. Yeah, that too. 
Uh, so first up, we have uh, uh, one of the songs you uh, uh, selected here for us. This is the theme of Helena Prison. Let's go ahead and give this a listen. I do enjoy uh, that track. It uh, it almost reminds me of, and this is going to come off as uh, uh, kind of like petty, uh, so I don't necessarily mean it that way, but it almost comes off as someone trying to imitate Yasunori Mitsuda's work. Who, who is, remind me. Oh, uh, Yasunori Mitsuda did uh, Xenogears, which is what this reminds me of so much, but also Chrono Trigger uh, and uh, oh, okay. Chrono Cross. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like an industrial march. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a really good job, I think, of capturing the idea of like a prison. You know, like it feels it feels uh, ordered, but but chaotic. You know, yeah, uh, in a way. Um, and in this game, it's it's a place that you go back to a couple times, and. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I've never gotten sick of this music while I've been in there. Going back a few times, I really enjoyed it. I will say, I like the the rhythm has like a, and this is once again almost going to sound petty. So, and I de- definitely don't mean this in a bad way, but it almost has like a droning rhythm to it that like makes you feel like of somebody like hammering the rocks at like a prison. Is, is this the? Is this where we realize the rest of the episode? You're like subtly. <laughs> crapping on the video game but then like reassuring us no 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 i'm like it may sound like that but uh here's the thing chops i've already kind of <laughs> t- i kind of dunked on this game a bit already i i'm not afraid to make fun of legend of dragoon okay good i uh yeah i i ain't worried about that trust me <laughs> uh so uh, uh, one of the song or one of the other songs we've selected is one that I picked out. And this is to kind of show the juxtaposition between the themes in this game. This is a song called Positive Rhythm. Let's give it a listen. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I can't prove that Miratsu is the one who did this particular song. But the fact that it sounds so much like uh, like songs from Jumping Flash really makes me think that he's the one who did that one. I mean, it's the game's... I feel like the, this game's version of the Chocobo music. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty, pretty spot on there. I... Uh, now, uh, the final uh, track that we have uh, for you guys to listen to is another one that uh, Chops chose. And this is the first of the final boss themes in The Legend of Dragoon. So let's go ahead and uh, give this one a listen. is the uh last battle first to last battle theme it's weird it's such a weird song it's got like very theatrical like like build up moments uh-huh. and then and then like electric drums in the background like i just i i chose it because it's just it's a really i like it it's, it's a fast-paced battle mm-hmm. song which i enjoy but it's just weird yeah, it feels like that's what a lot of the music in this game is. It, it, it's a very odd, eclectic mix of, like you said, genres and tones. Uh, I, I think that it, it's it's such a uh, an interesting game in general, uh, let alone the fact that its soundtrack is composed by two different people. Uh, you know, one who had never worked on a video game before, another who had worked on really like upbeat kind of cutesy sort of style games and so it just sort of has this weird kind of mishmash of music and genres yeah the the game suffers from i feel like a lack of and i don't want to say lack of direction because it i definitely had a, i feel like a clear intent to be wanting to be ff7 uh-huh but it, I don't feel like it had enough of a like one person or two people overall showing the direction of the, of what they want to tell in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a lot of it feels like mashed together different directions of different people down to the music, to the gameplay, to the character development. Yeah. So final thoughts on Legend of Dragoon Chops. The, the way I see it 
is it's it's very reminiscent of Final Fantasy VII. There's a part of me that almost wants to say, like, if you like Final Fantasy VII, go ahead and give this a shot. But there are quite a few differences, and the I feel like the 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 game in general suffers from a lack of polish, uh, despite its long development time. I uh, I feel like this is a, a very unique and inst- interesting game. Uh, however, I also totally understand when people look at this game and they're like, oh, no, I'm not playing that. Like, I get it. Like, I totally understand. But for the people that are like, oh, I played this game when I was younger. I really love it. I also kind of get where they're coming from. I, I can see the 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 charm in being an angsty preteen and getting into this game when it first came out and being like, oh, my God, this is revolutionary. You know, I, I see both sides of the story, honestly. Yeah, you kind of kind of said what I was going to say is that, like, if you didn't play this when it came out, I don't think you, you would. I don't think you'd find somebody who would want to play this now mm-hmm. um, because it, it suffers so much in its aging and it's in its lack of of depth to some things yeah. like the inventory uh-huh. um, being one of them. There's there's just enough annoying things in it that I don't think most people will like going back to this game. But if you're a fan of that era of role-playing games and it's something you've been wanting to play, if you've already got that in mind, I, I would say play it so that you have that under your belt. But I don't think many people are missing out for not playing this game. It's yeah. weird in its buzz when it came out and how it grabbed me when it came out. And I think there's that that loyal group of people who really, really are diehard for this game. But having become an adult and things change when you look back at the perspective of your adolescent years and what your taste were, and uh, it's it's not as good as I, as, it, as I remembered it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well-spoken, uh, Chops. We're going to go ahead then and uh, uh, move on to our next section. Yes, a new segment on the show. Get out your your air horns. Um, This is just a little something. I wanted to change it up from what we normally do. This is Retro Would You Rather. And what I'm going to do is, Craig, uh, and I think you've prepared a couple. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, I have a few that have uh, uh, been sitting in my head here. Um, so I have a retro, a couple retro would you rather's. Uh-huh. Um, I enlisted enlisted some help from a from a fan in the Discord because uh, I wanted his opinions on some cool scenarios. Um, so Johnny Riot gave me a few a few that were will be good. But nice. I themed them I themed them around this era, nineties to two thousands role playing games. Okay, released on the PlayStation. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I'm excited. I, I don't have so many for you. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, do you want me to start with one or do you want to go first? Uh, let me go first. I will give you the option of A, B, or C. And whichever one you choose, I'll read you that option. Oh, I don't know. How about uh, option A? Option A. All right. So this is the first one that I could think of. Okay. Uh, and I gave this as, as an example to Johnny Riot as to base it on. Would you rather be mm-hmm. a magical robot with fierce magical powers but be thought of as a failure or 
be a synthesized body containing the soul of a dead race of people only to be used as the vessel for an angel of death. Uh, but if you can guess the game that this is based on, <laughs> that's part of it. I, uh, huh. I, uh, I thought of as a failure, man. Uh, that's tough. Uh, what's the, the complete uh, part of the first one? A magical robot? A, a, a magical robot with fierce power, but the thought of as a, as a failure. Oh, man, I magic robot does sound kind of cool. And then the other one is I have to be the uh, conduit for an angel of death. <laughs> Basically, you're a synthesized body containing the soul of a dead race. Um, but you're ultimately being used as, as a vessel for the angel of death. I don't think I want to be used by anybody. I'd rather be thought of as a failure than to be used by someone. So I'm going to go with the magic robot. Magic robot. And what game is that from? Oh, I, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure. It feels like Final Fantasy VII. Nope. Uh, what is it? Final Fantasy IX. Oh, oh yeah. Vivi is a failed robot. And Zidane is basically being used as the conduit of an angel of death. Yeah, uh, I was thinking of uh, the Sephiroth clone stuff, I it, guess. It's very, it's very close. Yes, yeah, that's very close. Uh. No, yeah, I, I'm glad with that choice. I like VV more than I like Zidane. No, Zidane's okay. all right. Okay. Uh, so, Chops. Yes. I uh, I have a would you rather. Uh, and mine's uh, uh, less focused on abstract. It's a little more down to earth. Okay. Uh, would you rather the Legend of Dragoon series fade away into obscurity with this one game or... Would you rather to see it get an episodic series of episode releases of games in the same vein as Final Fantasy VII Remake, where it's a different genre, they change the plot, and they make alterations uh, to to just about everything, uh, what, what would you rather see? Hmm. It's funny, because I turned on my PlayStation the other day, or actually it's today and saw that the final fantasy seven remake is free on PlayStation plus. Uh Um, so I was like, Ooh, good. I didn't want to pay money for this. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, it, it's like you said, it just, it took the, the IP, the intellectual property of final fantasy seven, and then like pulled it away from everything that gave it meaning Mm -hmm. and then turned it into what they think everybody wants these days, which are action Role-playing games? I don't understand why. Um, if if I didn't feel like this game needed to be repolished and remade, then I feel like I'd be okay with it falling away into obscurity with this one release. Mm-hmm. But because there's so much in there that I would like to be remade, uh-huh. I, I would much rather have an episodic version of this game for me to buy into like a fool and um it have amazing direction for music because the best thing about the remake is the music um i think i would rather it become that than uh fade away into obscurity okay that's fair uh got another for me i do i do have another for you so you chose a right uh yeah so i'll go with uh uh b this time 
B. All right. This is a this is a Johnny Riot one, and I really, really like this one. Okay. Would you rather get a giant robot suit, but accidentally destroy your entire home village, or take a day off work for a blind date at the opera, but everyone around you spontaneously combusts? <laughs> And if you can name those two games, please let me know. <laughs> I can. Uh, Xenogears and Parasite Eve. Yep, that's correct. Why did I get the more obscure one than the main, the more popular? Wow. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, man, have a crappy date at an opera where everyone spontaneously combusts <laughs> is pretty bad. Yeah. But do you know what's worse? What? Your entire home village being destroyed by your own actions. But you get a giant robot out of it. <laughs> right. It's 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 a real um uh I forgot what it's called anyways, but it's a real uh, it's a real situation there for you. There's like a phrase in it. I uh I would like to apologize for the residents of Livonia, Michigan, where I grew <laughs> up, because I'm taking that giant robot. <laughs> taking that giant robot, no issues, no guilt, none of that. Bye mom! <laughs> Where where's the first stop with that giant robot? Where are you going? Uh, not Livonia, I can tell you that. That place is history. You're very right in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Johnny Riot, for that for that one. I really enjoy, I thought you would really enjoy that. That was that was uh, good. I uh, so uh, chops the 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 other would you rather that popped in my head uh, that once again is quite a bit more down to earth than yours. Mine are way less interesting than yours. Hey, I love it. It's great. I uh, we've recently been playing through Breath of Fire 3 for the community playthrough. So, Chops, yeah. would you rather like, let's say, uh, uh, you know, half a year goes by, a year goes by, you know, and it's time to play an RPG. If you're given the choice between these two games, would you rather play through Breath of Fire 3 or would you rather play through Legend of Dragoon? Oh, God. <laughs> Um. Uh. Wow. So so there's 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 benefits to both, and they're both games you love. Exactly. Breath of Fire Three fishing. Fishing is immediately the the (laughs) the main benefit. Don't even care if I don't finish the game. The fishing is worth it alone. Right. The other aspect is the shared misery of playing through Legend of Dragoon. You know, there's something about uh, playing through a game that you think you remember as being the best, and then it slowly erodes from that perspective. But that happens to everybody that that's being involved, and, and there's a, some bonding experience over that. Also, I'm just going to go with Breath of Fire Three. <laughs> that fishing. <laughs> The fishing just outweighs outweighs it it thousandfold. Oh, that's marvelous. Uh, Chops, what is the last would you rather you got for me? All right. So this last one is 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 kind of funny that uh, you, you mentioned Breath of Fire 3. I'm going to okay. spoil it. Would you rather turn into a dragon and accidentally kill people when you get too emotional or have debilitating migraines and seizures whenever you start to remember things about your past as they become relevant? Uh, migraines are a personal thing that, that hurt yourself and nobody <laughs> else. But you don't turn into a dragon when you got migraines. Right. The dragon is the migraine. I'm turning into a dragon. 
I'm gonna be a dragon and a giant robot. <laughs> Wait, what's what's your form of choice? Kaiser, uh, behemoth. Uh... Oh, the behemoth is kind of neat. I don't know why I like it so much. Maybe because it's kind of dinosaur esque. It, it is, but it's like the most like least trans. Like it, it is the worst in walking. Like it's oh, yeah. getting very far. Uh, very stationary. Yes, yes, that's it. Uh, uh, Behemoth lives a very sedimentary lifestyle. He does. He contemplates on life while uh, wreaking destruction upon everything around him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kaiser, though. Kaiser's like the pretty boy. Yeah. I I think that uh, uh, I'm vain enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to go pretty boy dragon. Yeah, yeah, or Warrior Kaiser, right? Is is that it? Yeah, Warrior Kaiser, or as I like to call it, Super Saiyan. (laughs) Yeah, Super Saiyan with wings. Oh, it don't get much cooler than that. Right. Well, (laughs) Chops, a Super Saiyan with wings in a giant robot. Man, what what would the robot look like? Oh, I. I mean, I, I'm more than content with the, the, the look of the, the gears and Zeno gears. Uh, but if I guess I had to choose, I'd choose a dragon robot. I, I so in, in you just got me thinking in the vein of like one punch man where it's like boring, super looking superhero who got strong by doing pushups and is immensely powerful compared uh-huh. to everybody else. I love the idea of like these amazingly cool looking transforming people that jump into the most bland looking robots. <laughs> <laughs> That's an anime that they jump into like robots of like people going to work like a man in a suit or like, like the dumb things. I, lo- I want to see this anime happen. I'd watch it in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you have another one or is that are we good there? Oh no, yeah, that was uh that was the 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 ones I had for you. So Perfect. Well, thank you for experimenting with me on this uh, retro would you rather scenario. I'm a I'm a big fan of would you rather things. They're fun. Cuz cuz they're could be goofy to no end. Um, so I don't know how often this segment's going to appear. I don't think, uh, everybody will like it, but if you are a fan of these scenarios and you want to tell us what you take and why go to our discord and let us know in the legend of retro channel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the discord is over on, uh, gamezillamedia.com. Uh, just go ahead and jump in and, uh, uh, join us and let us know your PlayStation era. Would you rather's? Yes. Should we call it a uh, retro rather? Uh, just retro keep, rather. Keep with that that RR theme we have going. Yeah, I was trying to think of that, so that's fine. Yeah, retro rather. Retro rather. Well, I I rather like that. Uh, Chops. What do you say we cap off this episode with our music bracket? Yes, please. So we're in round two now. And oh my it's lord! It's been a bloodied round one. It's been uh, a lot of upsets. Yeah, and um, frankly, wrong opinions in my book. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, once again, I uh, I do not d- uh, agree with the way voting is gone. Uh, mm-hmm. and don't be wrong. There have been a few of my own choices that I'm like, okay, I can see why this happened. But there are others that I see, and I'm just like, why? Why ever would this happen? All right, you know what? Let's. I will say that uh, uh, whether they were upsets or not, uh, the songs today are quite good. Uh, mm-hmm. So first off, from Mega Man Nine, composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, 
Yu Shimoda, and Hiroki Isogai, we have the theme of Galaxy Man. Let's give it a listen. Galaxy Man. It's amazing. It's great. I was still listen- Sorry, I was still listening to it after you <laughs> read. And I was like, ah, I want to keep listening to this. It, yeah, Galaxy Man's theme is is tremendously great. And like the music in Mega Man 9, they did a phenomenal job with anyway. But uh, yeah, Galaxy Man's is a, a solid choice from 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going up against uh, Galaxy Man... From Mega Man 3, composed by Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita, no relation, uh, we have the theme of Sparkman. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Sparkman, uh, which is, you know, 
I, I mean, it, it, it's so good. And I feel like this will be an interesting matchup just for the fact that they're both phenomenal themes. But technically, Sparkman has been around in the listener's ears longer. So uh, uh, will that give Sparkman the edge? We'll see. I mean, this is one of those songs that I could listen to on loop for uh, 10 hours like I would do uh, with the cantina theme from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, when it comes to uh, voting, make sure that you let your voice be heard. Jump on our Facebook page, our Twitter account. Uh, if you jump on our Discord that we mentioned earlier at GameZillaMedia.com, uh, we have votes there every week. But we also have votes over on uh, Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. Uh, for as little as $1 a month, you get a bonus vote, as well as like the State of the Zilla show. And for $5 a month, you get uh, access to the Game Shark special that we put out, a monthly special that uh, all the shows on the network are doing. Absolutely. It's important that we get your votes because you are the people who decide what moves on to the finals and then further either increases our egos or makes us feel like crap for having lost. Uh, not going to lie. I foresee looking like crap. <laughs> uh, Chops, it's been a blast talking about this old school, arguably mediocre RPG with you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's time that we uh, tell everyone goodbye. And uh, uh, we'll see them all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. guys give me like bonus content to throw at the end of the episode but they just ended what what am i supposed to do now i don't know